0: following message is from Christian Life Austin for more information about Christian life please visit clcaustin.com thank you for listening all right now all right give it up for the risen Savior come on give it up give it up for Jesus right now come on he's the one we're celebrating today yes sir Woo. all right all right If you can't get happy today, you've got a sad meter that needs replaced. Have a seat. God bless you. What a joy to see everybody today. It's an honor, honor, honor. Yes, we did have the largest first service ever because we have told people to stay away from 1030. (laughs) Because we couldn't park y'all last year. We had had people outside the building last year wanting to get in. And I felt bad about it. So we told people, come to 12, come to 9.00. Come to one thirty. You know, I've got four quarters today, folks, four quarters. First quarter was a hit. We had a lot of souls saved in the first quarter. Had 22 people baptized in the first quarter. Just baptized 20 more. But pregame last night in prison, we had 30 be baptized last night in prison. Amen. That's 72 people already took the plunge this weekend for Christian life. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an awesome thing? So it's the second quarter. First quarter, we just kind of feeling each other out, you know, and like, like champions. And I brought the big book today. I, uh, I brought an inflated ball today on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not Tom Brady. I didn't deflate it. I inflated it. I want you to know, I usually bring a little old Bible, you know, but I brought the big one today with a big print. I want the enemy to see what's in this book today. If he has a problem with vision, I want him to see what's in this book today because he is defeated. Anybody want to clap to that? He's defeated. And if you raise his head, I'm gonna bop him. <laughs> You're awesome people. We celebrate Resurrection Sunday with you. What a joy! People are coming in here. I had some people in first service that walked up and said, "You don't remember us, do you?" And I call their name, call their kids' name. They said, "Wow, they've been gone 15 years." Live a long way away. They drove a long way to come to Christian life on Easter Sunday morning. And what a joy to have people. If you're here today, we just celebrate you. We're honored to have you. But I'm going to preach about one. I'm going to celebrate more than I'm going to celebrate you. I'm preaching about the Christ today. He's an awesome, awesome Savior. Do you agree with that? Stand to your feet all over the house. We do a little calisthenics, kind of like the Catholic Church every now and then. And some of you know that because you've been there. Done that, got a T-shirt, but we we enjoy we enjoy people. Turn to somebody and say, "You look good today,", you look good today. and and don't lie. Say, "I look a little better," but you look good. <laughs> Amen. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm gonna I'm to speak today. I'm gonna speak today on an empty stage or an empty tomb, an empty stage or an empty tomb, to all the people in the overflow, to all the people in the foyer, we celebrate you today. To the Tulsa Church in Oklahoma, Christian Life Tulsa, we celebrate you today. It's an honor, an honor, honor. That church is trying to have over 150 people today. Just got it started. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? A young boy came home from Sunday school one day and his grandmother said, so what did you learn today? He said, I learned this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall have ever laughing life. That's <laughs> what kids hear. I know you know it. I know you'd quote it. You know that one in Jesus' well. You know, I know that. But ever laughing life. I think we ought to rejoice today because Jesus Christ is alive. So put a smile on your face and let's hear the word of God. You may be seated. God bless. I love you. You know, this is our Super Bowl and Christianity begins where other religions end because a lot of religions had leaders that lived and died and that's about all. Genghis Khan, they can't even find his his tomb today. He went out in the middle. They buried him in the middle of a desert and then the people that went and buried him were all slaughtered before they got back home to tell where he was. Then the folks that slaughtered those that buried him were slaughtered when they got back, so nobody knows where Genghis Khan is buried, but we know where Jesus was buried. Billy Graham once said, if I were an enemy of Christianity, I would aim right at the resurrection, because that's the heart of Christianity. i tell a story today about Anna Pavlova, who was a Russian ballet star in the early 1900s. She had been acclaimed as the greatest ballerina of all times, and however, her most memorable performance took place after her death. She was to play the role that she made famous called the Dying Swan at the Apollo Theater in London, England. And tragically, she passed away from pneumonia two days before the event. So, the event was already sold out, so they begged people to come as an honor to her great past. And they showed up in mass, standing room only. But all that happened that night was a dark stage and then a solo spotlight dancing around the stage as the orchestra played the song that she would have dance too. An empty stage with only a spotlight. I'm glad to declare that that's not what this Easter is for us. For some, that's what it is. The Lord's crucified. He died. He was laid in a borrowed tomb in the hearts of many. He did not rise physically. So it's an empty stage, but not an empty tomb. I trust when I'm finished today, I can reverse that and let you understand there's no empty stage here, but there is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. Is that important? You bet it is. John chapter 11 is where we're going to go today with our text, and Jesus said to Martha, who was Lazarus' sister, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. When Jesus made this declaration, he was doing it in the context of a broader story about another guy who died, but he didn't stay dead. (laughs) His name was Lazarus. This was the Lord's big-time event. We're going to look at three different ways of a lot of people how they have died in their life on the inside this year. And perhaps on this Resurrection Sunday, we can get some things resurrected out of your life and pull it back to living again. John chapter 11, verse 1 through verse 3 said, Now a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And this Mary, whose brother Lazarus was now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped it with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick." sick. Now, that was some bad news in the middle of a good life. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people celebrating here a lot of great things in this time of the season, but there are also a lot of people that are hurting right now. They're hurting. I greeted people at the door that didn't have smiles today because of situations in their lives, sickness. I prayed for a man in first service Service that's going to have a cancer surgery next month. They're going to take his whole stomach out. It's a tough time for them physically. In fact, maybe some of you have heard that word, C word, and maybe you have you have, you, you have someone you love who is sick, and maybe... Maybe the job that you had is likely going away or perhaps the dream marriage that you thought would be fabulous has turned into a nightmare or a close friendship that perhaps didn't work out and you, you regret it, you feel bad, or perhaps the principal calls to talk to you about your teenager and it's not the fact that he made the honor roll. So you get bad news. In the middle of this, Jesus said something that's amazing. He said, this is not unto death. This sickness will not end in death. It's only for the glory of God so the Son of God may be glorified through it. And we'll get back to that verse in a little while. But let me give you a quick summary of verses 5 through 14. Then I'm going to start kind of ministering to you. You read it on your own if you'd like. But basically, everybody believes that when Mary and Martha call for him to come, he's going to drop everything and run. But you know what Jesus did? He did absolutely zero, nothing. He did nothing. For two days, he, does, he doesn't do anything. And they're freaking out and he's hanging out. And two days later... He says to his disciples, well, we might ought to go on down to Judea. And they say, if you go down there, everybody's going to kill you, which would be true. But he says, no, Lazarus has fallen asleep, and we need to go wake him up. And he was was not saying that Lazarus was tired and taking a nap. But he was saying metaphorically, he's dead, and we need to go raise him up from the dead. So I want to look at three different characters in this story. One of them is a disciple named Thomas. One is a sister of Lazarus named Mary, and one is another sister named Martha. Three different people who were all dying on the inside and needed something resurrected in their spirit. That's where some of us are. Let's start with Thomas. He was dead in his doubts. In fact, he's called Doubting Thomas. His name was Thomas called Didymus. Didymus simply meant twin in the original, which meant he had a, probably a twin brother. And and he said to the rest of the disciples, let us go also, when Jesus said we're going to go, so we can die also, we can die with him. Thomas wasn't looking for a resurrection. He was looking for something to kill Jesus and kill all the disciples. He was looking to die. I'm curious on this Easter weekend. I need some honest people here today. Anybody ever had spiritual doubts at some point in your life? Raise your hand. Anybody ever had spiritual doubts? Okay, about 14. You put your hands down. (laughs) All of you with your hands down, you can polish your halo while I talk to the real people for a little while. (laughs) Everybody I know at some point prayed and believed God would and then he didn't and boom, they're bombarded with doubts. Why didn't he do this? Or maybe your story is that you've had simple faith all your life and then something or someone has come along and turned your faith into doubt. We all have that. College professor take away your faith if you don't watch it. Abuse, abusive parents or kinfolk can take away your faith or perhaps a miracle you prayed for and it didn't happen. And so your exclamation point of your mind is turned to a question mark. And now you wonder if you're really have faith or you're just feigning faith. Or perhaps you believe God and really something bad happened to somebody that you really loved and you thought, God, how could you allow this to happen? If he's the all-powerful, why didn't he stop that before it took place? There's something that's inside that's a little bit dead in some of our doubts or maybe you're more like Mary you're dead in your discouragement Thomas had doubts Mary had discouragement the sister of Lazarus you just don't see anything good happening you cannot seem to get a break in life Mary was very very discouraged in life in fact in chapter 11 verse 20 when Martha heard that he Jesus was coming she went out to meet him but Mary stayed at home you know what she had she had a why bother why bother mentality why even bother I don't need to go out there. Lazarus is dead. He's been dead four days. There's nothing anybody can do now. You think, I can't change anything. I have discouragement. I've always, I'm always going to be alone. I'm always going to be this depressed in life. Let me stop and say, you don't have to live depressed all your life. Oh, let me preach to you. You don't have to stay depressed all your life. I'm always going to be stuck with this dead-end job. I'm never going to have a marriage that I thought I would have. I'm kind of stuck this thing called discouragement. That may be where you are right now, but you're not going to show it now because it's Easter. You put on your good clothes, you put on your good shave lotion, your beautiful perfume, and everybody looks so good today. You smell better than you look. (laughs) And we use our Christian language. Somebody says, how you doing? Oh, praise the Lord, brother. I'm doing fine. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. God's good. He's risen and I'm on top of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smiling on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of doubts and you're full of discouragement. And then if you're like Martha, you're dead in the delay. God took too long. God took too long. She, Jesus should have come early, and he didn't. Why did he take so long? Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead and in the tomb for four days. And in the time Martha was living, there was a commonly held belief that a spirit would kind of stick around for three days after somebody died. The Jews, he didn't embalm, but they thought the spirit might come. So, and raise that person up, you know, they believed that it was folklore, that the spirit would hover close just in case they came back and the spirit would get back in the body. But after four days, the spirit left because corruption set in. So in her mind, Lazarus wasn't mostly dead. He was dead and then some. He was gone. And in the story, Martha tried to describe the smell of his body And how it would smell. And I love how the King James Version describes it. She says, "But Lord, by now he stinketh. (laughs) Have you wives ever looked at your husband when he come in from work or playing golf or gardening and say, honey, you stinketh? (laughs) That's what you need to say. It would make him happy and make him go take a shower quicker. Amen. You stinketh. I love that word. You stinketh. You stinketh. There's a lot of things that stinketh in our life. And doubts stink. And discouragement stinks. And when we think that God has delayed, it stinks sometimes because we don't think that God understands where we are. But I'm telling you right now before I get into this message, I'm telling you right now. Martha said, if you had been here, Jesus, my brother would not have died. But I want to declare that God's delays are not God's denials. Clap your hands right now. God's delays, and I'm not just saying it because it's Easter. God's delays are not his denials. God can do it, and he's able to do it, and he will do it. Clap your hands real big and say, I believe that. So while while preparing this message, I use computer for my message preparing. I have software that has over 30 Bible references, different Bibles, and thousands of books about the Bible. But this week I went old school. And I, (laughs) I brought the biggest inflated Bible that I had. Because I wanted the devil to know. You know, Job said if, if I could, I'd write a book and I'd sling it over my shoulder. I'd put it with iron pen on stone and I'd throw it over my shoulder and I'd let everybody see it that I know my Redeemer lives. Well, I've got a big old book here today and I'm just going to hold it close. It's just kind of like a pillow to me sometime. When I'm in my office and I'm praying, I get this old big book and I just hug it close because this is big enough to knock the devil off his perch. This is an inflated thing. You know, if I throw this at him, it's liable to hurt more than that little thin one I bring sometime. This is the big book day. Everybody say big book. Big book. Big book. Big book. So when I, when, when I was reading this story in this big book, it's amazing to me. When I read this story, I, I look here at the bottom of the page 302. Everybody say page 302. And it says, then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. This is King James. That's the bottom of the page of 302. But at the top of the page of 303, everybody say 303. 303. Verse 22, she said, But now, but I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it to you. So in 302, he stinks. The Lord is late. Nobody's there to help him. The spirit that's hovered around him has already gone back. He's dead. He's really dead. But if you turn the page, oh, my God. If you just turn the page to 303, it said, But I know that even now, whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Everybody say, I know that even now, whatever you ask of God, He will give it to you. you. I want to preach a little bit right now. Some of us need an even now moment in our life. Some of us need an even now moment in our life. Put it on the screen with God. Somebody say even now. Even now. now. I may have been discouraged this year, but even now God is able to do what I've asked him to do. I may have had some doubts about my relationship with God, But I know that God is here because even now I feel his presence. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. Even now. We need some even nows in our life. I may have had some delays in my life, but even now God is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above that I can ask or even think right now. We need some even nows in our life. Even now. Even now. We're discouraged and the presence of God can come and build your faith. Even now when you feel alone, there's a Holy Spirit presence that can give you a peace that passes understanding. Even now our God can reach you and reach that jacked up family that you're a part of. And say I can bring it together and bring harmony and forgiveness and restoration even now when everything looks impossible. God says all things are possible through me. Even now when your heart may be cold and callous toward the things of God, our God in a moment can soften your heart and draw you to him in his presence. Even now when there's something that is dead, the resurrection power of Christ can bring back it back to life even now. So everybody say doubts. Everybody say discouragement. Discouragement. Everybody say delay. Delay. That's some dead ends in life. But let me fast forward. I know I'm preaching about Lazarus, but I'm going to preach about Jesus' resurrection in just a moment. I want to show you a picture of a tomb here today. Let me show you a picture of a tomb. Put it up on the screen, a picture of a tomb. There it is. See the stone rolled away? You see see the tomb there? Now, I'm going to put three words up there in just a moment. I'm going to put three words there. And I want you to see it. It's a play on words. But the Lord dropped it in my spirit. Put them up there. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Dead ends here. You didn't get it, did you? It's too early. You need more coffee. I'm about to say dead ends here. You got some dead ends? They end right there at the tomb. You got some issues? They end right there at the tomb. You got some problems? They end right there at the tomb. I'm telling you, that's why I celebrate Jesus Christ on this resurrection morning because everything at the tomb tells me that everything dead, everything down, everything hurting, everything bad in my life ends at the tomb of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm excited. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he'll rise again in resurrection. See, she is confused. She thought he's going to rise again then. But Jesus said in verse 25, this is the most powerful verse I am the resurrection and the life. Everybody say, "He He is. The I am is the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. It's just not what He does, it's who He is. The resurrection is not an event, folks. It's a person. So if you got dead in your life and resurrection walks in, that dead thing's going to get up. Because it's not an event that we just celebrate once a year. The resurrection is a person. The resurrection is Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection and the life you want to be resurrected from your doubts and your discouragement, your delays and your negative thoughts, why don't you go to the tomb? Why don't you just look and say dead ends here because Jesus Christ ended everything that the devil had a hold of us with at Calvary and then he showed us when he sealed it by raising himself from the dead on the third day and he said, I'm alive. This thing is not a testament of a dead man that never came back, but he's alive to fulfill the testament of what he did for you on the cross. He is alive today. He is alive today. So Jesus goes to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, take the stone away. And they took the stone away. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out with grave clothes and a napkin around his head. And Martha and Mary believed. And he said, loose him and let him go. That's a beautiful story. Now, I love to contrast the two stories of Lazarus' death and resurrection and Jesus' death and resurrection. And I will come to a close in just a moment with this. See, Jesus is dead in a tomb, and there's a stone blocking it. Lazarus is dead in a tomb, and there's a stone blocking his exit. But when Jesus goes to Lazarus, he tells his disciples to roll the stone away. But when the women came early on resurrection morning... They realize when they ask who's going to roll the stone away, they realize that it was already rolled away. <laughs> they arrive and find that God's already handled the heavy lifting. But what if a stone still covered the entrance to the tomb that morning? What if they had not if, he had not, if it had not been rolled away on the first Easter? How would these people have felt? If that stone had not been rolled away, then those visitors to the tomb that morning would have been pretty miserable. But praise God it was rolled away. Question, why was the stone rolled away? Duh, pastor. That's a silly question. The stone was rolled away because Jesus came out of the tomb, you might say. Listen, listen. After the resurrection, his disciples were all in a locked room scared to death and they had the doors locked and the windows barred. And he didn't knock on the door and say, let me. He just walked right through the wall. It makes me want to do the hmm he said I'm here boys fear not don't you think that he could have walked out of that grave without the stone being rolled away here's the point folks here's the point Lazarus's stone was rolled away so that he could get out but Jesus's stone was rolled away so we could get in I'm going to say it again. The open tomb was a means for Lazarus' exit. But at Jesus' tomb, it was a means for our entrance. You can't sit here with your doubts and your discouragements and your delays and your negative ideas and say that Jesus can't help you. The most visited place in Jerusalem is that place called the tomb. People still go in there and scratch their head. How did it happen? Well, let me tell you how it happened. He said, destroy this temple in three days. I'm going to raise it up again. And brother, when Jesus says something, he's going to produce it. He will produce it. Why don't you just stand on your feet sometime this week and just say, you know what? Dead ends there, right there in the tomb. I'm going to love him. I'm not going to doubt him anymore. I'm not going to be discouraged anymore. Because on this Easter Sunday morning, he told me one more time that he got up. He came out so that I could go in and see where he was and know that he is not there anymore. Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. And in the end, he will stand up on the earth. Lord, I'm preaching. I'm losing my mind preaching. It's just the second quarter. I'm gonna have some bombs in that fourth quarter. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I'll see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I am not another how my heart yearns within me. Some of you say, Pastor, I've lost my faith this last year. Really? Really? I want you to find it today. I want you to find it today. Pastor, I've been, I've, been, I've been trapped. I've been trapped in a tomb, and I feel like I don't have the strength to roll the stone away. Let me tell you something. Let me remind you, Jesus Christ will do all your heavy lifting. I said it a while ago, but I'm going to say it again. He'll do your heavy lifting. He'll roll the stone away for you. And the same voice that calls Lazarus out of his grave will call you out of your despondency. There is no need to come to a service like this and leave despondent about your life. Your life can be changed by the resurrected Savior. You see, the problem is, folks, there's too many people that are still reading page 302. And your life stinks, and God's not there, and nobody's come to help you. But would you just turn and read the first, the very first scripture on 303? And understand that Jesus Christ is here for you today. And devil, if you don't like that, take that, buddy. Boom. He's defeated. Hallelujah. Let me close. Randy, help me. So what does it matter? What does it matter? What does it really matter? Because God in his love and mercy did something for us that we're incapable of doing. He became one of us. He became. God in the flesh was born of a virgin. What does this whole virgin thing matter? because Jesus didn't inherit the sin nature from an earthly father but he inherited the divine nature from his heavenly father. People didn't realize it but it was page 302 on Friday. And they thought it was over but turn the page. It's page 303 on Sunday. Some of you need to turn the page in your life and realize that there's another page to read in this book called Victory. You're going to have some setbacks. You're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some hardships, but tough times don't last. Jesus Christ does. So pastor, how do I get from here to there? How do, I, how do I go from here to where you're telling me to go? I want to put it on the screen. Here to there. How do I get from here to there? Both those words have here in them. But let me just change that first letter on that last here. Throw it up there. You get from here to there. By the cross of Jesus Christ. One man said it so well, said he had a dream and he went to went to the pearly gates and Peter met him at the gate and he said, What does it take to get in? Peter said, A thousand points. He said, Okay, I've been a I've been a Christian all my life. He said, That's one point. Really? That's all. I read the Bible every day. That's that's another point. That's two. I paid my tithe and offering, that's that's another point, that's three. I lived a good life he said that's another point that's for he said well I won souls to God he said that's that's just five points anything else he said I'm 995 points short he said you are so the little boy said in his dream he scratched his head and he said well I guess I'm just sunk if it wasn't for the cross of Jesus and Pete said a thousand points come on in come on in come on clap your hands real big that's what it's all about That's what it's all about. Turn to pain. It's a beautiful passage in 1 Corinthians. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. You're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in this world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all those who have died. That's why we celebrate Easter. This is not an empty stage, but there is an empty tomb. Two men back in Andrew Jackson's presidency robbed the U.S. Mail. One was named James Porter, the other is named George Wilson. And they were convicted and sentenced to death for the crime against the federal government. James Porter took his sentence and he was executed. But George Wilson was a pretty good soul. He just got into the wrong crowd. And people started writing all kinds of letters to President Jackson saying, sir, it'd be a kind thing to pardon him because he'll make a great citizen. He just made a mistake. You know what Jackson did? Andrew Jackson listened and read their letters and said, I'm going to pardon Mr. Wilson. So he pardoned George Wilson. Wilson rejected the pardon he said I want to die that case went all the way to the Supreme Court the Supreme Court finally ruled this verdict they said a pardon is not a pardon until the pardoned person receives and accepts the pardon so folks let me tell you something I can preach I can preach all day But if you don't receive what God did for you on a cross called Calvary, if you don't receive what the Son of God did for you, if you don't receive that, there's no way that anybody can help you. The only way to get help is to say, you know what, I surrender. This thing is bigger than I am, and it's the greatest life you could ever live, folks, living that resurrected life. Why don't you try it sometime? Clap your hands real big because Jesus is here for you right now.